Welcome to the Silva Scoop Podcast. Sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and get the scoop on everything from fitness to lifestyle to business and more. Welcome to the Silver Scoop Podcast. I'm Savannah. And I'm Alex. And we wanted to very quickly, I promise, we always do long-winded episodes, but I promise this will be quick and efficient, wanted to talk about our birth story and experience. So we just had baby number two, which if you missed it, his name is Storm, and he is very handsome, if I do say so myself. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how quickly they... Newborns go from like kind of hideous to very cute. I mean, it's like within a week. He still looks like a rodent. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but when, when they're first born, they're like a different color. They're very like grouchy looking and and kind of grimaced. Uh-huh. And uh, and then once there's like a week in, they put on some weight and they're very cute. I just got our newborn photos back. Actually, the ones that um, this girl Cassie took like in the first. I don't even think he was 24 hours old yet. Yeah, she took him to the hospital, and I just got those back today and was like, ooh, he looks rough. <laughs> I mean, I don't know any newborn newborns that look, like, peaceful. Yeah, you're right. You know. It's true. So, And people have said that he's very cute newborn, so I'll take it. But, um, yeah, so we just want to go over kind of, like, that birth story because a lot of inquiring minds would like to know. And we filmed the birth story... Um, or our birth story about Scarlett last time, but I feel like a podcast just makes the most sense because obviously we can just talk y'all's ear off about it. Um, we had a doula again this time, but a different doula than the first time. Her name's Emily, Emily Wannenberg. She did an episode with us a couple months ago and she is the owner of Fourth Trimester Fitness Method. So she's just like very kinesthetic and very smart on everything with like birth and... Well, everything, honestly. She's very smart. Um, But she was a midwife in South Africa. And then when she moved back to the States, she became a doula. So we had her this time. So that was just amazing, a really good experience. And we did it. We gave birth in the same hospitals last time, which locally is, um, what's it called? Ascension? St. Vincent's? St. Vincent's, yeah. Yeah, so... Where, because my OB is full circle women's care, and a lot of y'all probably know about it if you're local because they're like the more crunchy one. Like it's a bunch of midwives, it's two OBs, and then a bunch of midwives. Um, so you're you're like guaranteed you're gonna get a midwife to help deliver the baby, and then if there's like some complication or you know intervention that needs to happen, you'll also have an OB. But um, they're just like very low intervention. They have like the lowest C-section rate I think in the area, and Everyone that I know that goes to them has a really good experience. So that was our second time with them. Love them still. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> I guess to start it off, we kind of thought, at least I thought he was going to come early, right? Because Scarlett came a week early. So like at 39 weeks, I was just like ready. Like I was cleaning the house constantly thinking he was gonna you know come out any second and everyone tells you that the second comes so quickly because alex you came really quickly for Mm -hmm. your mom and he's a second and but like everyone says that like that they just slip out and like it's just a really quick labor and quick birth and 
So I guess that was just my expectation. And then when he didn't show up early, I was like, well, that already like was different than what I expected. And then we're going past 40 weeks and I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous because I just didn't expect that. So I got um, a membrane sweep on Friday. Yeah. Two Fridays ago, um, which was July 7th. And that can usually kickstart stuff. And it did for me. It gave me like immediate bloody show. Um, and then that night started like having some contractions and stuff. I had had prodromal labor for like the whole last week prior to that where like you would kind of feel like things were starting and then it'd go away. So that kept happening and I hated that because it was such a tease. But then this was like the real deal. Like Alex was asleep and it was like midnight and I was just doing that thing where you're like trying to move and like help alleviate the pain but it's not working and it's hard to ignore so I started timing the contractions and they were whatever the minutes apart is I already forget like 45 seconds of a contraction and then like a two to three minute um stall so I texted the doula and she was like I can come anytime so she did and then we went to the hospital at like three two a.m. Two, yeah, two a.m. It's always in the freaking middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Alex said that too. He was like, I don't know, a couple of weeks before I gave birth, right? You were like, why does this always have to happen in yeah, the night? It'd be great if it was like 7 a.m., yeah. 8 a.m. Like, okay, let's get our stuff. But that never happens. No. Ever. So, yeah, it was very like deja vu to what happened with Scarlett, like from the start, because we got to the hospital around the same time. Um, I was only four centimeters dilated when I got to the hospital, which was less far along than I was with Scarlett. Um, and I think eventually they got us back to a room and so it was like around like 6am, right? When we finally got a room. And so let's say we got to the hospital at 3am and then I labored till almost 9pm. Because he was born at 8.57 p.m. So I say that I started labor around midnight. That means that was 21 hours of labor. That is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. A little bit at home and then in the triage area. And then once we were in the room, um, it was still, I would say it was still pretty gradual and and calm for like four or five hours. Mm -hmm. And then... Even after that, it's not like you ever started pushing or anything, but a lot of work with Emily, the doula, and, um, you know, just kind of going through that process very methodically and slow mm-hmm. um, for that entire day and switching around positions and movement and shower. And, and we have the shower. We have like a ton of video because Alex is awesome and got a lot on video um so i'm gonna try to make a post about that so y'all can see just like how hands-on both alex and our doula emily were the whole time for like i said i mean it wasn't the whole 21 hours but from 6 a.m until basically 9 p.m they were both just like so actively involved Mm. in every single contraction which is every two minutes Like y'all were, I just couldn't believe it. And I told Alex, like, I just, cause my eyes, I feel like were closed. Like most of the time, cause you're just so in the zone that I wasn't fully present. So I didn't really realize like how hands on you were 
and I didn't even really realize how hands-on Emily was. So it was really cool to see that back like in videos and how sweet you were. You were very sweet. Yeah, I could see that in the moment where you're like dealing with a lot of pain and pressure. I wasn't like I would thought y'all were like drinking coffee in the corner the whole time, but I just didn't realize like you guys were really there every single time. Yeah, and Emily was great. I mean, she super involved and physically exhausted and herself. this lady is like in her 60s like she is so fit yeah yeah <laughs> it was really impressive amazing um and the fact that you guys didn't sleep the night before and you know we're just able yeah. to do all that um so i told emily because our first birth experience was still awesome and i loved that the labor now looking back i'd be like that labor was pretty short <laughs> in comparison even though it felt long with scarlet too but that labor was less than 12 hours. Mm -hmm. So um, it sounds like a dream now. But I told Emily, like, even though we still had a great experience with Scarlett, I, Scarlett was pulled out via Kiwi or vacuum or whatever you want to call it. And I pushed for over four hours to get her out before we just ended up doing that intervention. Um, so I told Emily, like, I have some goals for this birth. And of course you know, you got to be flexible because birth has a lot of unknowns and you just, you know, at the end of the day, you just want your baby and you to be healthy. But, um, I wrote down my goals and I sent them to her and I'll read those to you guys real quick. Um, but basically she said, those are all totally doable, which made me feel really good. And so, um, that was kind of like our intention going into it was I wanted to breathe the baby out is like the term they use. So instead of pushing for hours and hours, I wanted to just be able to like, ah, breathe them out. Um, and I just wanted to understand how to even like push efficiently because with Scarlet, I just kept being like, this feels weird. I don't know. I don't get it. This feels, it just feels like I'm like pooping. And I was, and everyone told me to purple push. So that was one of my goals this time was to not purple push because if you don't know what that is, that's where you're like bearing down, holding your breath and pushing as hard as you can but you're not breathing. Um, and that just felt like the, you know, the personal trainer in me was like, that feels really wrong and unnatural and come to find out it is. So no purple pushing. I didn't want to be coached on pushing, which is what happened the first time. Everyone was like, all right, push again. Like, all right, it's time. It's time for a contraction. Let's push. I wanted it to just be like a natural, like I, I need to push. Um, and I wanted to like experience the fetal ejection reflex, which is kind of like what it's like you the same sort of thing you're not pushing until you're like oh my gosh like like the baby's coming out I have to push so that's kind of what the fetal ejection reflex is um I didn't want any intervention this time so no kiwi or anything um and I wanted to push for less than two hours because I pushed for over four with scarlet and I didn't want to end up pushing on my back because that's like the least anatomically efficient position so Emily was like, absolutely, we can do all of those. That's so easy. And she was like, all you got to do is not worry about pushing until you have to push. And that's it. So <laughs> with that in mind, I mean, we, like I said, we were, I labored for a whole day plus and probably at like, what time, Alex? Like, f uh, I don't even know, like five or 6 p.m.? on saturday yeah, it was about 6 p.m we're like okay this is <laughs> this is ridiculous it was about 6 p.m when <laughs> because when um um remind me the name of the midwife again 
Oh, Missy? Missy, yeah. So when um, when Missy came on, that was like 7 a.m. that morning. And, and she's my favorite the midwife. The idea was that, you know, you were going to give birth within her shift, which was like 12 hours. <laughs> and, uh, and when 6 p.m. rolled around and you were still kind of going through the contractions and laboring and no real like, con- no real effort to uh, deliberately push or anything yet. Um, I think Missy came in around six and was like, okay, let's try some of these things. She actually didn't even say that. She was like, we could try some of these mm-hmm. things. Do you want to try some of these things? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that's because her goal was to have it completed before she got off shift, which was nice. At 7 p.m., yeah. Yeah, and um, and so then that's when they decided, because your amniotic sac hadn't um, broken yet, yeah. and so that they decided to maybe do that. It could help speed things up, and that's what we ended up doing. And it did speed things up. Um, and well, because we hadn't checked at all to even see if I was 10 centimeters right. dilated. Because that was Emily was like, you don't even need to be checked ever, really, if you don't want to. So it was just kind of in my mind, like, okay, like, we just you had the me. wireless uh, kind of vital things that were yeah. some, they were like in and out. The but fetal monitoring. Yeah, they were, they were, they were connected enough to where they could see that there wasn't major issues every time it like picked up on it um yeah storm was content there really wasn't any scares with that yeah and um at one point probably like halfway through the day you got back pain like really severe back pain which we think was the baby pushing on like a certain nerve section that might have just been causing like this irrational back pain and the reason we think that because we all thought it was muscular and then it was just weird because it was moving down my back throughout the day, right. which makes sense as the baby's moving down. And then I thought for sure the next day, because it was like my QL, like my paraspinals. So like on one, you what I thought was my muscle on the side of my spine. So then I'm expecting the whole, you know, next few days, I'm going to be in so much like muscle pain and soreness there. And I it felt like nothing ever happened. So that's how we're like, okay. She wasn't even sore. It must have been something else. So, yeah, it was terrible. That was worse than the contractions, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, then we just went in and out of the shower for that. Um, Which the shower was awesome. But Emily, yeah, Emily had those um, like little electrical. Um, stem? Is that what they're called? E-stem? I don't remember. TENS unit. It's a TENS unit. TENS unit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah um that, that was helped. interesting so that and i think the purpose of the tens unit is just to distract right it's just kind of distracting from so. the frontal pain because you put a tens unit which is like electrodes on your back and it is i think it's distracting because it's kind of pinching you it's like little rubber bands flicking you so that is to distract your mind from the contractions in the front um where so yeah the water broke your water and then it wasn't more than another two hours, and uh, and you gave birth. But the big change after you after they broke your water was the different positions that they had you get into. Yeah, we were suddenly like much more productive. Yes, but also things were speeding up because remember I was so nervous for them to break my water because they were like it's gonna like things will pick up I'm like ah and i just kept saying like yeah, it right. was just like such an Im- i felt so much ambivalence because it was like. I need this baby to get out of me right now. Like this has been going on way too long. But at the same time, I was so nervous. <laughs> like Yeah, there was definitely a lot of mental block. Yeah. For a lot of that. And even when, you know, uh, Emily was encouraging you to kind of get into a deeper squat 
very gradually. I think there was some pushback on committing to a, a certain depth of squat. And it's because I remember it being too intense with Scarlett. So mm. I was so nervous for that same feeling. But then I was shocked when it wasn't as intense this time. So I don't know what that means, but it wasn't like it was fine. Like I said this before about Scarlett's birth too, but I always say it to like, especially moms that are trying to do a natural birth, which I guess we didn't even say that, that I didn't have any, I didn't have an epidural or anything. So this was totally natural. So I felt everything. Um, But I always tell people like personally, and this does ring true again, second time around doing a natural birth. I don't think the contractions are that bad bad like yes they suck but like they're not that bad it's usually the pressure that's like really intense so on your vagina and yeah. anus like that feeling of like i'm gonna poop myself it's like very intense as the baby's head is pressing down on your your rectum so it's just yeah that's really intense and i did feel that but it like at least the squats weren't really making me feel that so the squats were actually helpful Those definitely, Emily got me into like a deep like squat hip hinge situation that Alex, Alex was like behind me, right? Were you like supporting me or pulling on me Uh, when I was hanging from the sheet? Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind of standing back there in case you fell, but also applying counter pressure on your hips. Yeah, the counter pressure is nice, but that worked really well. That was before they broke my water, but that was really helping. Then after they broke my water, we went back in the shower, right? Because my back pain hurt again. Mm -hmm. And at this point, I'm totally naked and just like committing to this experience. Because like for a while, you still have clothes on and you're like Mm kind of put together. And then at this point, I'm like primal. (laughs) And we're just naked and in pain. And then they get me out of the shower and I'm overheated. And it was like the best thing ever. And we have it on video because I just kept saying like, I, I don't want to get overheated. So the nurse was like fanning me or Alex was fanning me. Oh, the me. nurses kept replacing like these cold cloths on your Yeah, neck. they kept giving me cold in towels on my face yeah. and neck. I, were you fanning me? I was fanning you, yeah. Alex, was, my fan had died, right? So then we had a like... A manual fan. <laughs> my mom watched the birth video and she goes, whose American flag fan is that? Because it's just like a <laughs> what do you, a manual fan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, thank God we I had it. it was Emily's. Yeah, but thank God she had it because my fan kept dying. Um, so Alex is fanning me. What I got my labor aid popsicles. Yeah. Those were clutch. I highly recommend... Uh, maybe I'll I'll try to remember to put the recipe link in the show notes because yeah. those were great. It was just like coconut water, salt, honey, red, red raspberry leaf tea. Those were awesome. Um, but yeah, everyone was like keeping me cool. <laughs> and that yeah. worked really well because I didn't feel really nauseous or like I was going to throw up. So that's good. Um, and then the nurse was like, we should do the squat bar, right? Yeah, the nurse pulled out the squat bar and... Uh, and then you had gotten up. At this point, you'd already done a couple of squats, like on the side of the bed, that were a little bit deeper. Uh, yes. Oh, and, and, and Emily had had like my one foot elevated, and then the other foot elevated. Yeah. yeah. And so, so when she pulled out the squat bar, then you got up there, and it wasn't. It was maybe like I don't know. You've watched the video a few more times than I remember, but maybe it was like five minutes four minutes it wasn't a long time up there it was like really quick oh the pushing yeah i think it was like eight minutes oh eight minutes okay. it felt like two minutes yeah because i when alex and i first kind of talked about it i was like yeah i only pushed a couple times right and you're like 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, it it was it felt short because the whole day felt quick. Yes, like, and it and it did. Like we would look at the time, I'd be like, oh my gosh, hours had passed. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then a bunch of people came in, like as you were in the squat bar in the complete like low squat like 15 people i don't know it was like 10 people came in and they were all just like circling around like with like preparing tables and all this stuff well so i guess uh, like let's give the visual so like i thought i'd be on the ground but they had me up on the bed right they like declined the bed the foot of the bed and which i didn't i was kind of confused why but i guess that's how the squat bar had to be the squat bar was like connected to the bed and when yes. I say squat bar, I just said that to someone and she thought it was like the barbell that you squat with. I'm like, no, you weirdo. Like a squat bar, you're holding on to a bar to support you in a low squat. Yes. So, you know, you're hanging off of it. So it was attached to the bed and I'm up on the bed in a low squat and yeah, and I'm hanging off it. So it was supporting me and yeah, my eyes were closed, I feel like. And then all of a sudden I open them and I see the lights are turned on and all these people are in the room, like random people. Mm-hmm. Like, what the? <laughs> but that was really good for me because I was like, that must mean they know I'm about to give birth because I'm at this point just like, I don't even know what's going on. So that was good. Yeah. And then my favorite part, maybe we can, <laughs> I don't really know if I want to do this to everyone, but maybe we can put in a sound bite of my very scary grunt (laughs) so everyone can hear it i'm like i truly because now i've had a couple people watch the video in front of me and it really it still is like gives me some ptsd because it's just it's fresh in my memory what it feels like to push a baby out of your vagina (laughs) and the sound i'm making is a very primal sound that everyone always talks about and i never felt that way with scarlet hence how she ended up like getting pulled out with a kiwi i never got to that point where i was pushing her out but yeah like all of a sudden I just start, what do you call it? Um, oh, we the term is guttural. Guttural, yeah. Like a guttural. guttural. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it sounds just like that. And, and I didn't, because I showed my friend this video yesterday, and she was like, so was that like, did they tell you to, to make that noise, or does that just happen? And I was like, well, I knew that that was like the noise that people end up making, and I knew that a lower tone is helpful and it's got to be an exhale so like i knew those things but at the end of the day was i saying to myself okay make that noise no it just did come out and then the midwife looks at me and she goes good keep doing that and i'm like oh okay yeah so it did just literally come out it's like really remarkable to watch this whole process i think there's i i mean i've only had these two experiences with scarlet and with storm being there the shape you were in after giving birth to Storm, even though it was 21 hours, was significantly better yeah. than the shape you were in with Scarlet, which was only like, what, six, four hours of pushing. Yes. But it was four hours of pushing. And like you were you were like passing out and uh-huh. like so exhausted. Uh-huh. And you were, I think you were in more pain afterwards. Much more. Um, and just with, with Storm, even though it was so long, you were like energized at the end and like afterwards you were energized and everybody was in happy spirits and it was just a much different experience um but for me from my perspective because i'm i have no like reference on like are we making progress or not and after 21 hours and we're we're, we should say like 19 hours Mm -hmm. and nothing's changed 
I don't know. You feel this like thing in your mind, like maybe we're not getting anywhere. Maybe we're going to have to do something else. And you start to kind of worry a little bit. But then at the end, when you're actually making those pushes and you can start to see like your, your uterus and your belly like change shape as you make progress in those key pushes, it's like really exciting because I mean, you've been, you've been like waiting for this and hoping for this and now it's happening and you're like, just watching it is so crazy and, <laughs> and, and how it all happens so quickly. Um, yeah. But also I think when you're, when you're together in that longer, prolonged, natural uh, process, it's much more of a bonding experience. At least it feels like to me because what makes me super emotional during those, whenever the babies were born both times was not so much that the baby's there. Of course, that's an emotional thing. But it's more so like what you just went through yeah. with your partner and like how you weren't, you're not able to help much at all, but you are kind yes, of helping are. them endure the process. And then yeah. when it's finally done and there's all this relief and it's what you guys wanted and, you know, nothing bad happened, different had to happen to your overall plan yeah. and you put in all that time and it wasn't for nothing. Like it's such a rewarding and relieving experience yeah. and it's super emotional and then, of course, you have the gift of like your your child, but mm -hmm. um, it's I think adds to the emotional factor so much more when it's this kind of like this tribulation you go through. Yeah, no, I agree. And we were talking about that yesterday, where I was just like, I remember both times now just being like extra in love with you right after giving birth, and I do think it is just very bonding. And I remember because Alex had to go out of town because his grandpa passed away right before Storm was born and he went out of town for the funeral and I was so stressed that I'd have to do it without him and I'm so glad that didn't have to happen but I really like that would have really been sad because I do think it's such a bonding experience like I could do it without you I, I have a doula you know it's not like I right. but it's like that is just so special I think it's especially mm -hmm. because of the way that like like I'm feeling everything and you're literally there like emotionally supporting me. So right. it is just very bonding. Yeah. yeah. And, and sometimes like you'll send me stuff on Instagram or whatever, where it's like, um, the moms like posting their husbands that are just hanging out like on the couch or whatever. And, and maybe that there's that, that freedom to, to kind of feel more relaxed when your partner's more relaxed mm -hmm. maybe through epidural for or whatever. sure for sure and so you kind of get get caught slack and <laughs> just not being that invested but in in a situation like this you, you really there there is no time uh no. or even energy in the room to not be like on your feet like alex was saying he's like what were you saying you're like i realized that you have to fuel yourself to be able to be helpful because you and emily didn't eat like yeah, all day like, at like 4 p.m it's like hey what are we doing for yeah. food like we need to eat something yeah <laughs> and of course i'm like when he first says this i'm like rolling my eyes because i'm like yeah i couldn't freaking eat all day either you know but it's like no especially when you watch this video of them like they need food <laughs> like otherwise you guys can't be there for me right like literally you can't serve your purpose right so it's like putting the oxygen mask on for yourself first kind of thing because and i'm like i would still sneak little stuff in here and there but you guys pretty much ran off coffee really shitty hospital really coffee. Bad coffee so um and yeah i just can't and emily had already done a really long birth longer than mine yeah a couple days prior so like the poor girl i just <laughs> gosh and then oh and i meant to mention this a couple things just like with scarlet because it was just very deja vu to scarlet's birth just like with scarlet's birth 
I got my favorite midwife, a different midwife. I still love the midwife that was there for Scarlett's birth, but I just didn't get to see her that much this like go round. She wasn't really there a lot at the office. And I ended up having like a new favorite midwife that I just clicked with so well, loved her and like kept telling my doula, I was like, I really hope she's there at the birth because you just want the person you feel like it's such a sacred space. You really want people that you feel comfortable with being there. Mm -hmm. Right. Otherwise, you kind of tense up. Um, and I just felt like I trusted her guidance so much. Anyway, she ends up getting on shift, like literally as labor's starting for me at the hospital and she got to be there for the birth. Um, so that was awesome. We loved our nurse just like last time, different nurse, but like we just lucked out. Cause I have a friend who said she birthed at the same hospital and had really bad experiences with oh. the nurses. So I'm like, I just feel so lucky that we had like the best nurses, got my favorite midwife. Like that's just just feels so like unheard of and everyone's just so like excited once you give birth like everyone's just yeah. really elated it feels very organic i should say it doesn't yeah. feel like hospitalized no, or medicalized it doesn't it feels very natural and organic and yeah. like and it feels like, just a, like a family yeah it kind of feels like the traditional like a village like yeah. everyone's yeah it's very cool and I don't, I, I never wanted like family members there at my birth. That's just not, I'm, I'm too private. Like I just don't, uh, that would uh, tense me up. Yeah, and I know I, some people like that, but so this is like the next best thing is like medical professionals. I don't think it, it, it wouldn't be appropriate. I don't think for certain family to just sit in there for 21 hours, you know, yeah. but, but like people love that. They have their sister, their mom, suppose, their grandma. Yeah, I suppose. It's, I just, that's just not me my mom was joking because i let her watch the birth video and i'm totally naked and she was like oh yeah you sure you're gonna let me watch this you don't even like you know when to get changed in front of me and i'm like i you can watch this video but you know it's just like that's just not my personality yeah. well i mean like it would just be it's it's then it's it's a difficult process so like for what you went through but then for what me and Emily were kind of supporting you through you like want four or five more people no and or so, however many people are allowed in there to also be like kind of dealing with that that whole day and I think too like it's natural for you like I'm pretty sure this is like the whole animal kingdom too not just humans like you naturally as the birthing mom like want to retreat and like be alone at some point and like I felt I felt that in both births like I would kind of feel like mm, maybe I'm going to poop or something, but honestly, I just want to go be alone in the bathroom. Right. And every time I do that, Emily would like sneak in and be like yeah. coaching me. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I need to go. I just want to sit here. <laughs> like, cause I do. I just wanted to like, I don't know. Cause you're already like really in the zone and like in your head. And it's just nice to like be alone in a room for a second. So I just know we had, um, uh, this was an awesome, like, situation where birth photographers are really expensive and someone was in a mom's group on Facebook and was like, I'm offering really discounted birth photography sessions. And I was so stoked about that. Cause I just never thought I'd be able to afford it. Um, and so she was there, but it is like having even like an extra person that I don't really know in the room that would affect me. Like it would just kind of affect how I was feeling. So I just feel like that is very sent. Like I'm very sensitive to that. Yeah. Like how many people are in the room right. kind of a thing. And that's, I also loved the like nurse we had during the day, not like my favorite nurse that was there at the end, but the nurse we had during the day was great because she just, she even told Emily, I think, right? Like, oh, I just kind of let you guys do your thing. Like I'll be in like intermittently, but you know, she wasn't just sitting there right. like watching. So it's nice. It's nice to have privacy. Um, but I don't know. It's really nice. So yeah, there was that part to it. What else did I want to hit on real quick? I don't want to make this too long. Um, 
there was something oh just just that it like really did feel like deja vu to scarlet's birth for a lot of or labor the yeah. labor so and that kept like freaking me out i'm like oh my gosh this feels so similar just because it felt like nothing was progressing oh it was freaking me out and just like I don't know. The room feels the same. It was a and very similar room. The timing was the same. Was the time same. Of the year. It was the same. Well, I parked in the same parking spot. You're right. Okay, so you're right. We like, like literally parked in the same parking spot. It was six days after Scarlett's birthday. Yep. You're right. Yeah, everything about it was very deja vu. The fact that like I was laboring at the same time in the night. Yep. Um, Your but parents then, came the next morning. Yeah, they did. But but then like. By she was born at eleven twenty two or something in the morning. So like by the time we hit like noon of this day, I was like, oh my gosh, Scarlet had already been born by now, you know. And I'm not. I even, got that same feeling. I was like, oh, like we're already past we'd that. Be here by now. Yeah, and then it's like three p.m. and still nothing. Like oh, for the love yeah. of God. So I definitely started getting in my head about. The, oh, that's what I wanted to say. Okay, so I feel like a a lesson in this for me as a um, as like a prenatal trainer is and ironically because i follow other you know like prenatal trainers and like physical pelvic floor physical therapists that i really love and respect in the field and ironically i feel like two of them have posted stuff about this this week and i'm like okay cool that validates kind of what i was thinking is like you you see stuff about like training for birth like programs you know like prenatal programs but it's like about training for birth and all this and although i still think that that is valid because I think being fit can definitely help you have an easier labor and birth. I think everyone always telling me like, Oh, but you're so fit. You're going to have the easiest time. Right. Everyone yeah. said that before Scarlett. And then that wasn't true. And then I was felt like kind of like ashamed, um, that it wasn't easy. And then this time having an even longer labor, like double the length. I'm like, I thought I was supposed to have the easiest time. This isn't fair. And then all, all these like professionals this week have been like, has nothing, you can't train for birth. Like you can't, your fitness level has nothing to do with how long your labor is going to be. Really. It doesn't even have that much to do necessarily with like the pushing time. It could affect it. Like you might have a really strong pelvic floor and be able to push a baby out really easily, but it, there's so many other factors that go into it and you can't rush your labor, like all this stuff. So, yeah. and I even asked Emily, I was like, is there like nothing I can, like, how do I guarantee it'll have like a 36 hour labor the next time? And she's like, there, you, you can't. Right. You, there's no. Yeah. I don't know. I, it doesn't, it doesn't really make sense to just assume that because somebody is like a little bit more fit yeah. that they're going to have this kick ass, like really quick birth, like uh, 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 compared to what, you know, like a yeah. lot of people, now don't even aren't even giving birth in the same way because there's so many variables that could be introduced whether it's pitocin yeah, or whether it's an epidural or whether it's a you yeah. know a, some kind of another intervention like a kiwi like there's so many variables and to compare one birth to another is it doesn't make any sense so yeah i mean going off of fitness levels i <laughs> and then like i've heard amazing literally i'm so jealous of these people i've heard you know the amazing stories of someone that like their water broke at home. They were in the hospital an, an hour later and they pushed the baby out in two pushes. Right. I hear about this often and I wouldn't even necessarily say these people are like the fittest people. You know what I mean? Maybe some of them are, but like, it, I don't think it has to do with that. I think it's your body. I think a good practice is to go into, go into it and prep yourself like mentally that this is going to be <laughs> like kind of long and, and, and yeah, maybe a grueling process. And if it happens really quick, then great. Like, that's yeah. a pleasant surprise. But do not prep yourself mentally for having a quick birth because mm -hmm. I don't think that mm -hmm. it's 
common. I feel very thankful, though, that we haven't had any complications with these babies yes. or anything. I had so much anxiety leading up to it. Alex knows where I was like, I'm going to die in childbirth. I was just having like crazy irrational fears and like anxieties. But that's been happening to me lately with other things like swimming in the ocean or flying <laughs> on planes. It's like the more you see that stuff online. That's the issue. Like I saw a video of a guy getting eaten by a shark. I saw a, vid- <laughs> I saw a video explaining something that happened on a Delta airline flight. Like now anytime I'm flying or in the ocean, I'm freaking out. I'm like, yeah. this is going to happen. And it's the same thing when you read like, this is what happened to me during my birth. I almost died. And it's you know, not even hemorrhaging. like, like I told Alex, it's not even the internet it's that i unfortunately know people personally that this has been happening to and they're always so open with their story to me and it happened with like so i had like an online or um a phone consult with a like potential prenatal client and she just ends up telling me her birth story because she said something about like oh it was really bad i almost died and i'm like can you just explain that to me like i just need to understand how you almost died you know and she explains the whole thing and it almost made me feel better because all I was thinking was like, that was a lot of unnecessary intervention, it sounds like. But people are just so willing to tell you their birth story because it probably helps them process. And then that can freak out other moms. So it's not like I think it's bad to talk about your birth story if it's bad. Because no, I think it's I helpful. Think... I think it's healing for that person. And I think it's helpful because it like, then I talked to Alex about it and I'm like, okay, we both were like, okay, but sounds like she had literally every intervention that caused the next intervention that caused that, you know, just the typical, like not typical, but a lot of that's what happens in a lot of situations, right. At certain hospitals. So I feel very thankful that we go to a hospital where they don't, they're not eager to like push Pitocin and push C-sections and stuff. Um, but I think like Emily also, when I told her I was having anxiety, she was like, first of all, I've heard everything. Like I've worked with so many moms. She's like, whatever you're freaking out about, just tell me because it's not crazy. You're not going to sound like, you know, like a nutcase, I promise. And she was like, and the next time you find yourself spiraling, like don't Google it, talk to me, you know, and we can work through it. She's like, because the probably the best thing for your anxiety is to come up with a plan for my specific fear was postpartum hemorrhage because all these people I know had had that. So she was like, okay, so let's talk through that. What happens if you hemorrhage, right? Or like, how can we prevent that? Like, what are things that we could put in place to help prevent that? If it does happen, what choices should we make you know and she's like it's gonna be fine and everyone that i know that had that happen to them is fine they're fine they're all healthy and thriving it's just scary in the moment so i guess i'm just touching on that not to scare people but because i was having irrational fears on the next time around maybe if you see somebody announcing that they're telling a the birth story maybe just put it off until you are done with your own birth because that is what back to them I was listening to the happy home birth podcast and I was thinking that would inspire me and it was a bunch of stories that were scaring me. And I was just like, wait, this is a happy home birth podcast, you know? And so that is when Alex was like, just maybe stop listening to birth stories. So I think, I think it is. And people always say, just listen to really good birth stories. But I think it's just kind of in the back of your mind that birth there's a lot of unknowns in birth but i just feel so blessed and thankful that babies are always our babies are always okay and i'm always okay and things always go well even though it's just a little more challenging than we expect so mm-hmm. but, but yeah rewarding. but it was a really good um overall birth experience and um i just feel like what i tell people the short version of the story when people are just like how was your birth i say the labor was so long but the birth was so quick and my dream birth right? Like the labor sucked, but that was the quickest 
to me like easiest most natural position to push in he came out so relatively quickly and it was just a dream so i'm really thankful yeah yeah me too do you have anything else you want to add no i think we covered it okay but that was it you guys so hopefully you enjoyed and then i do like i said i have so much footage from this birth so i'm gonna try to make some sort of little video so you can see without my boobs in it <laughs> see how yeah, we can censor see if that you can blur those put <laughs> those smiley faces on. <laughs> on the nips all right but that's it so let us know if you want to hear about anything else i guess with the like natural birthing process or anything but that's it that's a scoop that's a scoop <laughs>